Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high-flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like bazookis on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Walk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I don't call it the off season. I call it the non playing season. Is that what you say when people, you know, normies ask you about what you do in the off season? You say it's the, not the off season, it's the non playing season? I don't correct them, but I'll call it the non playing season. Okay. I'll feel like there's the playing season. The NPO. Season. <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday morning, bright and early ish. Maybe not to Zach, but 9 30, here on the East Coast. We are one week away. From the start of Eagles training camp, it is a time of uh, rebirth. You know, we got a new season upon us. Things begin anew. And with that, Zach, we send it to the Stone Cold Newsman for the latest on what's happening with the birds and birds with friends. Major news since we last spoke, the star of Birds with Friends, Marissa Dunn, uh, welcomed her her first child into the world. Madison was born and uh, a happy part of Birds with Friends. We are actually receiving messages from Marissa as we do this. Uh, So so Marissa's uh, and, and Madison, they're saying hello. Madison is wearing a new outfit to match mom with on the day of birds with friends and big changes going on in the Dunn household as uh, I, I think Michael's heading the training camp, obviously. So uh, Marissa will have time to listen to birds with friends while doing much more important things with Madison. But uh, we're all thinking of Marissa, Madison and Michael here at the birds with friends. Well, well, Bo and I are not together, but we are thinking of Marissa and we miss her. We're together. And yes, we 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 want her to take all the time she needs, but we can't wait to get her back. And we're thrilled to have Ken in the interim right here. Back to you in the, in the studio, Bo. You got it. Nice job. MD. We got MD, MD, and MD. Congratulations, of course, uh, to all the Duns. Marissa just sent us a picture. As you said, they're they're wearing their matching. Uh, this is not a pyramid scheme, Birds with Friends shirts. So uh, you know that they're big-time sickos, as as we would expect. Uh, Zach, how you doing? I haven't talked to you. I haven't seen you. What's going on? What have you been up to? I'm doing well. Thrilled to see you. Missed this. Missed seeing you in person, but also missed the pod. It's been a few weeks here. I've been, I've been busy with some... Uh, non birds with friends projects, but been mm. I, I I listened to some cryptic. birds with friends. Okay, interesting. I, I won't be cryptic as as I said. I was I was teaching a class and I I I've been writing a book, and so whoa, there's whoa, been a whoa, lot going whoa. on here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we need another? We need another breaking news. You've been writing a book. Zach Berman announces to the Birds with Friends universe that he has been spending his vacation writing a book. What's the book? Well, that I I, I might be a little cryptic about because I, I the publishers tend to like to announce that, but it is it is Eagles related, and it's been a fun, interesting at times, uh, excruciating process during the summer. Whoa! But, but I'm enjoying it, and. Uh, 
it'll come out in 2024, fall of 2024. But before then, there's a lot of birds with friends and eagles and athletic content to consume and discuss. I mean, we have not been talking about this on the podcast, so I feel like now that you've mentioned it, we have to get into it a little bit. <laughs> Whether or not you want to talk about the specific project that you are working on, <clears throat> Vinnie Curry Shoes, um, I'd like to ask you just personally, how has this, how has this been, you know, how has it been in the in the Berman household as as Emily hopes to have, you know, her husband for a, a period of the offseason, but instead you're you're bunkered in working on a book. Yeah, that hasn't been ideal. And I, I've also been doing some athletic stuff during the PTO as well. There's a story that came out this week on Connor Barwin uh, that I was I was eager to write and report. And I had a, I had a few other uh, at athletic things I was doing during PTO. And so I've had these very, no. <laughs> these very rigid, um, like planned daily schedules where I'm spending, I'm allotting this amount of time to X, this amount of time to Y, this amount of time to Z. And it's meanwhile, it's beautiful outside. It's like the only time of year when, when nothing's going on with the Eagles. So yeah, I, I mean, we don't need to delve too into the <laughs> into the personal stuff, but that's been uh, uh, that's that's been interesting to navigate. Nonetheless, I'm thrilled for Birds with Friends, and I think our audience is eager to hear how you are and how how, how your summer has been. I've Do tried not feel, to bother you, you feel, too much. You feel less no, no, no. Uh, that was just uh, that was just me being cranky one day. Do you do you feel less like refreshed and ready for the season than you might otherwise because you've been working so hard in the in the summer interim? Refreshed in the yeah, I feel less refreshed in the traditional sense. Mm. Um, like I wasn't just sitting, you know, I, I didn't recharge, if you will, but I feel more excited for camp than in a long time because it's an escape from the book. <laughs> Yeah, because like I, I enjoy being around people. I enjoy talking football. I enjoy seeing football. And the you know, there's a quote. I think it's been attributed to Mark Twain. I hope I'm not misquoting. Probably quotes, isn't, but, but yeah. But uh, it's 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 better to have written than it is to write. Mm. And that's very much like a book writing process. Like you, you know, when you when you go to a bookstore or you see the physical copy. That's an awesome feeling, but the actual process mm. is, is uh, can you know you can rip your hair out sometimes, right? So, uh, but but, but you don't usually feel like that. That's that, I mean that's always how I feel. You don't usually feel like that, right? Not not typically, but in in any sense, I'm 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 excited for camp in, in part for that reason. Like I I enjoy the routine of camp. I enjoy the unknown that comes from each day of camp and. Just the season has a certain energy. The city has a certain energy during the season, uh, and so yeah. So I'm not recharged in 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 the sense that I I didn't get away. I I I haven't been like sitting on the beach really, but I've been. Uh, I'm excited for camp. Otherwise, now is there? You know, obviously, birds with friends sickos are going to want to run out and get this book, and and they won't be uh, welcome to listen unless they do. But uh, is there is there a place they can go to like pre-order this bad boy, or is it not even at well, that the, stage yet? Yeah, it's it, and that's why I, I've been reluctant to get into it um, because it's not even at that at, at that stage. It hasn't been submitted, it hasn't been edited. There's there's a pro, you know there's a process there that still takes place. But Emily actually uh, kept saying like, "Why are you so cryptic?" Whenever Bo makes these allusions to uh, how ridiculous your being during your PTO or, or, or during the summer. And so I, I said, you know what, I won't be cryptic about it, but that's kind of why, because, you know, there's a whole process that, that takes place once you finish, submit, mm -hmm. it's edited, and then everything goes thereafter. I mean, we were talking about you riding overdogs in <laughs> January. You came through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been an interesting book. Um, but are, who are you going to dedicate it to uh, Madison Dunn? I don't believe I will dedicate it to Madison mm -hmm. Dunn. I will give Madison Dunn a copy, right. but uh, no, that, I, will not, I will not allocate the the dedication to Madison Dunn. How are you? How was well, your congratulations, Zach? That's very exciting. Thank you. Appreciate that. How was your summer? It's been okay. How'd you shoot? 
Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've been playing a little bit. Okay. Not nothing, nothing crazy. It's not like I'm out on the golf course every day. How are the kids? Maybe, maybe once a week or once every other week. Uh, kids are good. No, we haven't really done, done too much, uh, like traveling or anything. We did a, did a couple days in Maine in, in June, but we've mostly been enjoying the, uh, the city as it empties, as everybody leaves to go to the shore. So I, I haven't asked you this, but I, ima- I, I imagine you're a big Immaculate Grid guy. I am Is a big Immaculate Grid guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You strike me as, and you strike Absolutely. me as someone who One of the first be, things I do when I wake up in the morning. Who would be very competitive about the rarity score. Uh, it's not that I'm competitive about it, but I am trying to, I am trying okay. to keep it down. Yeah. What's your best rarity score Where so far? I can. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the, like, the, the numbers off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, yesterday, I got... I got all nine, but there were a couple big ones. I mean, I could pull it up because I, I, I do send the screenshots to my brother. We go back and forth. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yesterday was this is one seventy nine. Just okay. Uh, and had then and a few and a few uh, over fifty percenters. Who's your? Uh, who's been your most? I, I would say esoteric or. Impossible to say. player I mean, that you've used. Okay. Impossible to say. There's, yeah, you know, any anytime you get under a half percent, you're feeling yeah. good about yourself. Do you do you like usually go nine for nine? Or a, I don't. Yeah, do uh, I don't always go nine for nine. I would say yeah. like every third day I'm going nine for nine. Okay. Something like that. How would you do in a football one? What would be your best one? I mean, there is a football one, uh, and okay. I meant to send this the other day because they had a. Okay. Uh, and it's not as good. Like the functionality is not as good. Okay. It's less reliable. But they had an Eagles, Commanders one, and you know what I did? Mm. Ah, two hill. I had two hill, and it was like point zero. It was like I was the only one who had done Casey two hill. Yes, and that made All me right, very thank happy. You. Yeah. Good, good. How about you? Are you into the grid? I mean, you must be. You're, you're speaking the language of it. Yes, I am. I am into the grid, and I don't get obscure enough. Uh, sometimes I probably I probably lean more toward uh, modern uh, players, mm-hmm. right? You know, I, I see Tyler Kepner does each. You know, he he posts his, and I'm amazed when Tyler has you know players from like the 20s, 30s. I would expect that from Tyler, mm-hmm. but um, that's what but it yeah, is for I, me. It's either it's either it's either like current players from this year, players from the 90s, mm-hmm. or like. Really old players, you know. I'm happy to happy to throw in a Cap Anson if I can. What messes me up sometimes, uh, like I'm I'm in the baseball prospects. I've I've said mm. we discussed that on mm. the show. So if they haven't if, played a game, if they haven't played yeah. a game, exactly. So so y- you remember a trade, right? This player was traded from this organization to this organization, but they didn't play a game at the big league level, and so they're not included there. That's what messed me up on the football one. Uh, okay. because they had a, I, I, it, I don't know if it should necessarily have to be they've played a game in the NFL because there are fewer games. So, like, you know, I get dinged. I, Andrew Adams doesn't count for Eagles Bucks. Come on, what are we doing here? He shouldn't, though. He didn't play for the I Eagles. know, but he should. If you go to, if you're on a training camp roster, I feel like I feel like that should count. It's a little <laughs> bit different than baseball. Okay. All right, fair enough. Who would you do for Eagles Bucks? Who would I do for Eagles? Bo Allen would be the first yeah, one that's coming by. Landed on after okay. Reggie Brown also didn't work. The Bucks traded for Reggie Brown and then they never played a mm. game for him. That should count. They mm. traded for him. Good point. All right, all right, Zach. We do have uh, we do have training camp to look forward to. Uh, this this Eagles team coming off a Super Bowl appearance. What comes next? What do they do next? So much change. So we're gonna do a little uh, little exercise. We're gonna do a. Uh, a draft, a non-competitive draft. You know, we've we don't need to get back to me wiping the floor with you as I did <laughs> in the split squad in the flit squad draft. That was the last pod we wow. did, and there was quite the, there was a lot of reaction. Um, I'm I will say this: I am not too uh, proud to say that I I always read the comment section, right? Like people, there were some people who were getting very very nasty to me, man, <laughs> and to me and. But uh, like, so they were saying, like, oh, I'm so I'm, well. I'm so cocky that I said I won the game. You said I won. You admitted that I won. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Bo and I get along quite well, by the way. Uh, <laughs> some of it is for uh, 
is for show on the pod. Yeah, Some of it is just when you're doing a pod for X amount of time. And then the other thing is you want the pod to be to be natural. Uh, so we don't plan things out as much as, as some other pods do. Like this isn't scripted. So my reactions sometimes are as they would be in the heat of the moment as opposed to uh, if I was actually planning something out per se. But anyways, I, I, uh, I appreciate um, the feedback for that one. And Bo did win. But the one piece of feedback that I would agree on from that is – I think the deck, the, the deck, not the deck, the deck was stacked against me when I did not have the first pick in free agency. I should have had one hundred percent. It was not a, it was not a fair exercise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I yeah, so I, I, right. I did not mean to interject. But that maybe was next the last we make, time we, we I think we said maybe next year we make it an auction, make it a little bit more. Yeah. Make it eighteen hours. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, with that in mind, Zach, we want to we want to draft the things that we are most looking forward to about. Uh, watching training camp. I figure we could go maybe 10, five each. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll let you go first. What are you, what are you most excited about? The smell of pads yeah. crunching again, the sound of pads crunching against each other, the smell of sweat and Rita's. What's going to so get I'm, What's moving to I'm, I'm going to preface this real quick by saying I'm not doing like just the big picture storylines that have to do with the season. It's things that I'm actually watching in training camp, right? Like I think a big storyline going into this year and something we'll discuss is how they rebound from that Super Bowl loss because that can go in a lot of different directions. But you're not watching in training camp to see how are they rebounding from the Super Bowl loss, right, um, per se. So the first thing I'll say is they're replacing – coordinators on both sides of the ball is is that too broad should i go to one side no no i think yeah i think i think the the new coordinators is a good place to start okay yeah so the new coordinator so you want to see schematically now nick sirianni is very careful about not showing much uh he he does believe in this competitive advantage idea um quite a bit maybe more than he has to but certainly whatever nick's done so far works uh so I don't think we'll see the full package just as we didn't see the full Hassan Redick experience last year until, you know, the, the game started, but we will see some of the specifics of the size scheme. We'll have a better sense of that. And then Brian Johnson as a play caller, you won't see a play calling really until, until they get into the game, but you can see how the offense is functioning with Johnson. If there's any changes, if there's any uh, differences and there's little subtle things, I'm really interested in seeing how they're, well, I'll get to that in a bit, but, I think as a place to start the new coordinators on both sides of the ball. And I think to add to that beyond, I mean, even whatever they're going to show us of scheme is nice, but I'm, I'm excited to just see their personalities, right? I want to see yes. what the size like on the field, coaching mm-hmm. these guys can, you know, how is it different than, than Jonathan Gannon? What's Brian Johnson like, you know, our, our, um, our view of Brian Johnson so far has been that he's sort of a little bit more, uh, a little bit more reserved on the sidelines, kind of a cool customer, um, but how does that, you know, are there, are there things that are going to get him, uh, worked up on the field as, as the coordinator, it's just going to be fun to, to see this all play out, get to know some new personalities, some new supporting characters in the, the, uh, you know, everybody's favorite television show, the Eagles. And a quick aside here, uh, there, there has been, and, and there will be really good Sean Desai content in the next you know few weeks and months and whatnot. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, Fran Duffy, a uh, friend mm. of the pod who uh, worked with Sean Desai at, at Temple. You'll hear about that. He had a good interview with Desai that I thought uh, really got into you know Desai's early years. Well, I agree. so shout that's, out to, to Fran. The, the best way to get to know Sean Desai yeah. at this point is to listen to that podcast with Fran. All right, Zach, I'll go. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to tell you what I am looking forward to the most. And that is finding out the identity of this year's Bo Wolf training camp crush. I mean, that's what it's all about to me. And Zach, I just want to, I want to run you through the history, <laughs> the recent history of the Bo Wolf camp crush. Oh, okay. Um, because when you consider how these players came in and what they went on to achieve, it's really impressive. 2018. As camp begins, the Eagles sign a camp body-wide receiver on July 27th. The guy who's bounced around, been on the scrap heap, young man, 
diminutive by the name of DeAndre Carter very early on catches Bo Wolf's eye. The initial Bo Wolf training camp crush has been in the league ever since. Not necessarily with the Eagles. Played he's he's mm-hmm. he's uh, been a productive player. Over one thousand receiving yards, carved out quite a career for himself. What an eye! Following year, two thousand nineteen, Eagles bring in uh, an impressive class of undrafted offensive linemen. The big bonuses go to Nate Herbig and Ryan Bates, but another guy from Weber State is the one whose power, the strength of his hands, catches my eye. Sua Opeta, been in the league ever since. Worthwhile starter in in a pinch. Following year, 2020, Eagles sign an undrafted safety out of Army. Give him peanuts. No guaranteed money, basically, compared to the rest of the class. And yet the way he moves, the way he reacts to the ball. Elijah Riley, still in the league. Been in the league ever since. Following year, 2021, another offensive lineman out of Buffalo. Coyote, Awashika. Still in the league. I mean, it's only been two years, but maybe the relative to um, how he came in, what he turned out to be, still good. I mean, a good eye. Not mm-hmm. quite the uh, overachievement that some of these other guys have been. And then last year, I mean, the guy who got the least guaranteed money of any of the Eagles undrafted free agents turned out to be not just a 53-man roster player, goes into his first action in the NFL on defense, intercepts Aaron Rodgers, earns a starting job, penciled in as a potential starter. Now, Reed Blankenship, what a call. Who will it be this year, Zach? Who's it going to be? Who are your candidates? I, I don't like to, I don't want to prejudge. I got to let no, Okay, I see. Okay. So I can't wait now, to, what's the, find out who it's going to be. So what's the process for, you know, are you? The heart, the heart wants what the heart wants. Okay. Are there, are there characteristics that that appeal to you more than others? Uh, sex appeal? <laughs> no, just uh, you know, you just watch. You see who who okay. stands out, who pops. That's th- to me, and this is the whole thing. This is the most football that we get to watch all year long. It's the only time we get to watch all of practice and make our own like opinions on these guys and watch them move, watch them play. Um, it's it is. It's tough because it's the beginning of the long marathon of the season, but it's the best it's the best part of the year as far as I'm concerned. And what's the threshold for a player is is too entrenched or too popular to be the camp crush? It's a good question. Um, I would say it's got to be I mean it's got to be someone who doesn't have an established NFL career and probably okay. hasn't been picked in the first 5 rounds. I think I think maybe sixth or seventh round could could count, but we'll see. And and is it allowed to be a draft pick? Oh, I just said I don't. I don't yeah. think may, yeah. it could be maybe sixth but, or seventh round, maybe. Yeah. But so yeah. It, so it could be like Ojomo. Could it could be, be. if I if if, if it seems to me like he's he's outperforming what your yeah. expectations would have been for yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. And is it allowed to be someone who's been here before and just shows improvement, or does it have to be a new face? No, it could be somebody who's who's been here before and shown improvement. It hasn't been yet, okay. but it could be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, it could and, be like a, a Janarius Robinson, for instance. Yeah. You know, he he could qualify. But he doesn't fit the draft pick qualification for you. That's well, yeah, but he's been pick. kicked around the league. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Okay. He does not. He's, he's never played a regular season game before. Yeah. And Christian Ellis has played too many snaps in order to be. The I don't think Christian Ellis could count. Yeah. Okay. He's too much in the Eagles zeitgeist at this point already. Gotcha. Okay, so he has to be a little more obscure. Okay. Yes. Okay, and he has to be someone uh, who I can own. Who, who, who he can, I can go out on a limb and and, and stay claim as he's my guy. Okay. All right. This is this is now. I was I have Christian Ellis in the past, but you know he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't get the official BWCC. But but like say in theory, Devin Allen looks looks too much, much better. Zeitgeist. Okay, too much yeah. in the zeitgeist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the Bo Camp Crush is your top pick. That's what I'm excited for. I mean, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I know this yeah. isn't a competitive draft, but I, I was not going to pick that. So I know. You, that's why I used my, if, if we were being competitive, I would have waited. Yes. I wanted okay. to be honest and stay true to my board. Okay. 
All right. Over to you. So I, I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm too mainstream here. Right. Um, but I, I want to see, I think you're, I know what you're going to yeah. pick, I think. And I think it's, it's the right pick. Yeah. I want to see the right guard competition here. Okay. Is that what you're going to say? No, that's not what I thought you were going to say, but, but that's a good, that's a good pick. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I am with Bo in that. I think it, I, I think it's Cam Jurgens' spot to lose, but I'm not utterly convinced that Cam Jurgens has that spot entrenched. I think Tyler Steen can push there and there are going to be days when Cam Jurgens is playing center at, at practice. Like right? Jason Kelsey is going to have some days off. We've seen that in the past. That will continue to be the case. And we saw on the last day of training camp this year, or I'm sorry, the last day of mini camp, it wasn't even mini camp, last day of the all-season program. Uh, when Kelsey wasn't there, they had Jurgens at, at, at center. And on those veteran days off, Jurgens is going to play center because if something were to happen to Kelsey this year, Jurgens is the center. Uh, and I, so I, I do think Steen's going to get time with the first team. And they're they're different players, and I understand Steen's not an established guard either, right? He's making the transition from tackle to guard, but he comes with more size, and I think that transition from tackle to guard might be—I don't want to say easier to make, but um, in it, it could be easier for Steen to go from tackle to guard than Jurgens to go from center to guard. So I'm curious to watch that. Yeah, I mean, and Steen doesn't have to change his body, right? Whereas yes. Jurgens has been working on adding all this muscle. And I think Jason Kelsey talked about that on, on his podcast. So yep. uh, all this beef rather. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that is the, um, the main event of competition this summer. I agree. So I think that's a good pick. Uh, no doubt about it. I'll take the one I thought you were going to take. And that is just um, let's get some eyes on Jalen Carter and Jordan yep. Davis. Um, these are, Incredibly important players for the Eagles if they're going to maintain what they want to do on defense. Uh, Jalen Carter, we know the story. He's uh, you know a top three talent in the draft. He fell for all the reasons we know. Does he look like that? Um, the concerns about conditioning and work ethic, things like that, do, the, do they play out in any way? Does he immediately look like one of the best players on the field? And as for Jordan Davis... Uh, the Eagles are relying on him a lot, and it's a bit of a leap of faith based on what he did last season. Do we see a jump from him? Uh, do we see any of the same conditioning issues with him? The Eagles are are very much counting on those two guys to be really good. Um, do they do they look it right away? I will be watching that, and as a follow up to that, we've been having, uh, in athletic terms, what we call all thirty twos, which is every every beat writer or every team's represented in these joint articles. And they've been coming out once a week. And, and one of them was breakout players and and you put Milton Williams in there. Mm. And I thought that was, that was interesting because typically I, I do think he would fit that profile third year ascending player, improve from year one to year two uh, teams high on him. But how do you think that ascension comes when there's already Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, and Fletcher Cox. Like, is is he going to get more time at the end? Is he just going to be the fourth D tackle? Is he going to play more than one of those guys I, I, I mentioned? How do you see that happening? Yeah, I think he. I think you know, there's all these snaps that Javon Hargrave left, right? I don't think that Jalen Carter is taking all of those snaps. I think Milton Williams takes some of those. I think he takes some of the snaps off of you know Dominic and Sue and and Linval Joseph who left. I think Fletcher Cox maybe takes a, a few fewer snaps. And I think I just think that like um arc of his career wise, I think he's the player who they can rely on that is gonna actually take this jump. Um I think he's been very good when healthy. And um I think he offers more certainly more pass rush upside than Jordan Davis does at this point. And so I think he's gonna be on the field plenty. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why don't we take a little break, Zach? We got uh, one ad, and we'll come back with the last uh, three rounds of this training camp preview draft. All right. Back on Burns with Friends. Now, Zach, as you mentioned, we've got uh, our dear old friend, Kent, on the ones and twos producing this podcast today. Uh, for those of you who have not checked it out, Kent, very integral in putting together the latest um, 
like story podcast that we have on the athletic, the play narrative callers, pod. Yeah. Uh, narrative pod um, headlined by Jordan Rodriguez. And she had talked to all of these people in the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. You got Sean McVay, you got Mike McDaniel, you got Robert Sala, you got Matt LaFleur, all these guys. Um, highly recommended to all of our, our listeners and uh, make sure you're like paying attention to the great musical cues and all the great producing that Kent has put together. Well said. Great job all around, Jordan and Kent, and everyone involved in there. And I thought that from a football perspective, you can learn a lot there. Uh, and then also from a human perspective. And I thought the the coach that came off the best to me was Mike McDaniel. Like he uh, he, he speaks just – he like speaks to my heart when he speaks that. You know, when he was – I think it was the first episode or the second episode where he was talking about um, – just trying to figure out how he can add value, like like where he can be different, and and that uh, the passing guys, like there was no way to to have a word in with the passing guys. So he basically had to learn the run game just so they can say one thing to get ownership of. Uh, I thought that was interesting. So yeah, so I I I liked uh, the whole thing, but Mike McDaniel jumped out to me. Yes, absolutely. All right, Zach, uh, you are up now. What are you looking so, for? Yeah, so I'm I'm going to be watching these linebackers closely, mm. and the reason I'm watching these linebackers closely, well, it's it's a position where they're not particularly strong, but all of us last year watching could tell safety was a problem, and you would ask the Eagles about safety, and they they would say all the right things, uh, but then all of a sudden, you know, Anthony Harris wasn't taking the snaps that maybe you thought he was going into camp. Uh, and Jonathan was like not even mentioning his name that one yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I was in Cleveland actually. Yeah. yeah. Was in Cleveland. Um, and so like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And so the, and, and so when Bo says, this is the chance we get to watch and like make judgments with our own eyes, if those are all closed, right. And we're just asking these, these questions and they're, uh, there's no concern at safety, yada, yada, yada it was very clear there was a concern at, at, at safety and they went out and they made a move to their credit and they get CJ Gardner Johnson and safety was a good position for them last season with Gardner Johnson and, 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 and apps. I don't want to say that, that Nicholas Mora won't be a starting caliber linebacker for them. He's, he's been fine in the past. Um, he's started in Chicago, started in Vegas slash Oakland. But if, if that is an issue, that's a position that they could seek to upgrade in mid to late August, right? Um, I think that Kobe Deans can get every chance to be on the field all the time. They they have a lot invested in Dean, and that is a position linebacker historically where they haven't cared so much about investing resources. But if it's a weak spot in this defense, it's a position they can go out and add. So I I, I want to see if they have – two starting linebackers going into camp or, or going into the season. So I don't have it quite as high only because I find personally linebacker, like the most difficult position to evaluate in training camp because they're, okay. they're not hitting. Um, it's a little bit difficult. However, it's uh, you're absolutely right in terms of like the roster construction and the roster picture. I would be shocked if, this is the linebacking group that they enter week mm. one with. I would be, if we're doing turkeys, I would put like 85 turkeys on. They're making some kind of move at linebacker before week one, whether it's a trade or even, you know, signing one of these guys who are on the street. There are some linebackers who are like playable still on the street. But I mean, right now, it's it's Nicobe Dean, who has played like 20 snaps in the NFL. Mm. Nicholas Morrow, who was you know, is, is like a replacement level starter. There's a reason that the bears went and paid $30 million to replace him with TJ Edwards and um, uh, Edmonds. And you know, Christian Ellis is the top backup. And I like Christian Ellis. I, if, if you're asking me right now, like yeah. who's going to play more snaps on defense this year, Christian Ellis or Nicholas Morrow, I would say Christian Ellis. Um, but I think they're going to make, I think they're going to make some kind of move. Don't you? Well, I, I, I think they're going to wait and see, but yeah. So, yeah. so if, if, if you had to split it up between, between a Moro, a backup and a player who's not here as the second starter week one, how would you split that up? I mean, I guess if I was betting on it, I, w I probably would have to say Moro week one, but I think, I think you're looking at like a, 
spreading like a, your turkeys. Yeah. Like Zach Brown scenario where it's like, he's mm-hmm. here to start the first month of the season until they mm-hmm. can find a better solution. And then, and then uh, Kirk Cousins, they play Kirk Cousins in week two and that linebacker is ripping on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Good callback. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, it's a, uh, it is, I mean, it, it is like glaringly, obviously the, right. the weak spot on the roster at the moment. And part of that is by design. If you have to go weak somewhere, that's the place to go weak. But they have enough flexibility, um, cap room wise, to be able to make a move here when when they can. And I I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but when you're watching practice for three weeks, these things become obvious. It's it's been that way in the past at at some other positions where you said this is going to be a concern. They don't have the starter and they don't have the depth and. So I'm I'm curious to see how that materializes. Yeah, good one. Uh, I'll take the other uh, obvious competition, um, and that is safety, where I think we've got three guys competing for two spots. Uh, that being Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, and Sidney Brown. Um, I think the the uh, you know the the likelihood is probably that it's Edmonds and Blankenship at the start of the season. And we'll see if, if Brown can make a move as the season goes on. But everything um, I hear is that the team is like already very high on Sidney Brown. They, mm. they were very impressed with what he did in the spring. I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be a, a, a major surprise at all if, if he is starting week one. And so watching those three jockey for position, I think is going to be, is going to be fun. Uh, so, my my next one here, and this has to do with Brian Johnson and the offense, um, has to do with some of the offseason pickups. But I vividly remember being at training camp two years ago when Nick Sirianni is he's he's trying to be cryptic about what their entire offense is going to be. But one thing he says is I I will tell you this right now: the running backs are going to be part of the passing game in this offense. Okay, he was very outspoken about it. And then you saw the way last year went. The Eagles had 61 targets to running backs, the fewest in the NFL, 12.1% of their pass attempts. Now, that's obviously because A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard monopolized the passing game. That was not the case two years ago. So that's what changed. Um, and that's still going to be the case, that those top three monopolized the passing game. But uh, – I do think the Eagles are going to get the ball into DeAndre Swift's hands in the passing game. I think he's going to be more of a factor there. And so this is a roundabout way of saying, I want to see this new look backfield, the Swift-Penny combination, how how Gainwell improves. But in particular, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see the passing game, the running back passing game, be an extension of the running game this year a, a little bit more. And I think they're going to do more to get Swift in this space. And so uh, I will be paying attention to that quite a bit. How do you see, uh, if you had to guess right now, Zach, how do you see like those, those touches breaking out over the, over the course of the Yes. So this answer won't surprise you. I think Swift's going to have a big year. I would buy, I would buy Swift stock right now. Um, I I know running backs are in the news right now. Um, And I think the Eagles are going to do everything to get DeAndre Swift paid somewhere. Right, he's in the last year of his deal. You correctly pointed it out last year about Miles Sanders. They are going to run Miles Sanders. They're going to use him. They're not going to resign him. Right, and that's what happened. He got a lot of carries. He had a productive year, and he did well on the open market, relatively speaking. So I, he, he got the most money of any running back yeah. this offseason. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that like Swift is one and done here, but I think you know they they get a guy who's in the last year of his deal, and Swift can do a lot. I think he's an explosive player. I think Swift's going to have his most productive season as an NFL running back to date. And I think he's going to be the top guy. Now, I think Penny's going to have a role when he's healthy. History suggests you can't count on Penny being healthy throughout the whole season. And they do like Gainwell. But uh, so I think Gainwell will mix in. But I very much believe Swift is going to be the top guy. I, I'm a little bit of a Swift skeptic. At this point, um, this is not about the deal that they made that like all of that was good value. And he's, he's got this upside. He's, he's got these explosive tendencies. You know, there's a reason that Detroit was willing to let him go for nothing. There's a reason he lost his job, you know, each of the past two seasons. 
His numbers are like on a on a per carry basis as a running back are not very good. Um, he takes a lot of negative plays. He was run, and this is not necessarily the situation where you can just bank on he's going to be in a much more running back friendly offense. You know that was as as good of an offensive line as there was in the league last year, aside from the Eagles in Detroit. Um, I am not, and he has also like not to the Rashad Penny level, but he has had injuries throughout his career. He's he's missed at least three games in each of his first three seasons. Um, so I'm I am like a little bit. I'm not I'm not so sure we're going to see uh, what everyone thinks we're going to see from DeAndre Swift. I think he's got the you know as he's got serious game breaking potential. He's got that speed. I think you're probably right that his biggest impact is going to come as a receiver. But uh, as I wrote last week, I'm, I'm not so sure that, you know, Kenny Gainwell doesn't just end up leading the team in rushes. I saw you wrote that, and I would make a bet that's not going to happen. But Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, yeah. I'm going out on a limb. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good piece, too. You, you can check that out. Bo had said a piece on under-the-radar players are going to take on bigger roles this year. Well, I mean, spend your time reading Zach's piece on Connor Barwin instead. It's not mutual exclusive. Um, I mean, it might and, be how yeah. much time these people have. Uh, yeah, no, I I know you'll say it's because of the Philly connection. And I do admit I have a soft spot for Philly-born or, or players from the Philly area. This is purely from a football perspective. Swift is the type of running back that I've always liked. Um, I think that he he has dynamic ability, just needs to – do it on a consistent basis. We were there in Detroit last year in week one when he had that huge run on the opening drive, had the best game of his career, basically. Uh, so I think that, um, yeah, and he's in a contract year. He's, I know what you say about a running back friendly offense, but he was productive in the bet. They just took him off the field in, in, in goal line situations, right? I mean, he frankly, was not, the, he was not that productive. The, the Lions didn't keep Jamal Williams either. Um, and they 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 really like Gibbs. I think Gibbs is a really good player too. Uh, so they went in in that direction. But I I know your response to this is going to be Robert Quinn and Jannard Avery. I get it. But Howie Roseman is not just giving away fourth round picks for. It's like it's like a two years away fourth round pick. I think he I think is sort of year. giving those away. I think it's next year. I thought it was. I thought it was. Was it twenty twenty four? I thought it was twenty five for some reason. Is it twenty five? Uh, I would have to look that up, but I I think that I I'm I think Swiss can be good for the Eagles, and I think you'll see in, in camp the way they get the ball to him in the passing game. And I'm also not not one of these people who who says that 2025 fourth round pick. 2025. Okay, you're right. Um, and I'm not. Seven. They swap sevens. Oh, they swap sevens. Believe, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I'm not one of these guys who believes that. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball less this season, or a, a lot less. I still think they're gonna in, I still think they're going to lean into Jalen running the ball. He but needs one, to. Yeah, but one thing they 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 can do is like quick passes to the backs as something different in the offense, and I'm I'm curious to see that. Okay, um, I will take a I will take a, a very down the middle, obvious one here. You know, I just want to see Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Um, he's 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 the big man on campus now. He's got his big contract. He has taken a significant leap each of the first three seasons of his career. What is left for him to do? Um, I think we have seen like the the evidence of those leaps in training camp each of the past couple summers. Um, you know, there's no shiny new AJ Brown this year. Uh, it's a little bit more on his shoulders. Um, to improve, I think we we agree that just having watched Jalen Hurts up close and from a distance over the past three years, there's no reason to doubt that uh, he's been in the lab, so to speak. Um, so I'm just curious to see how he looks, um, what the vibe is like with him, and uh, I mean he's he's the most important player on the team. Let's see how it goes. Paul said, I, I wish I had more to add there, but yeah, I mean, that's you're absolutely a, right. I mean, it's, it's not, not yeah. a, a particularly insightful thing to say, but I'm excited to watch him. No, it's true. And camp has, has been where we've seen these past two years. Like, you know, he was, he was inconsistent in camp two years ago and he was inconsistent during the season. 
he was really good in camp last year. And I thought he was, I mean, he was obviously really good during the season. Uh, and there's not much changing. I mean, he's very much he, like there's, there's very little for him to prove now. I've, I've said this whenever I've asked what I want to see is like, is the baseline from him so good that every, that every that that there aren't those bad days in there um, that he is just day in, day out. He's, he's, He's one of the, you know, best players in the in the in the league. So fascinated to see that. Uh, I'll I will go here with skill position depth, and when I say skill position, mm, specifically one. wide receiver and and tight end. They they were fortunate to get good health last year from AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. They lost Dallas Goddard, and even though they won games during that period, I think that did have an effect on 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 their offense for some time. Um, the Eagles did not make many moves there. They added Zacchaeus at wide receiver. Am I pronouncing it correctly? That's all you I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. And then they added Dan Arnold at tight end. Um those are two players who've you know been in the league, have had some production. Uh did you know that Dan Arnold is the only player on the roster whose first initial and last name is also the last name of an NFL player? I did not know. I, I I imagine I'll be reading that on the Athletic sometime soon. Maybe. So wide receiver in 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 particular, you know, I remember having a conversation, um, or not a conversation, an interview with Howie one time, maybe. But when when like we were really uh, getting into, you know, do you have depth here do you have depth there and like the, the point was like is if your biggest concern is your backup such and such that's a sign you have a good roster and right. like National I, media people aren't worried yeah. about you know how yeah, yeah. who are fourth yeah. defensive ended <laughs> yeah and look i now now they have other spots that are up for, up for grabs like we say you know if you're if your biggest you know if if you lose an aj brown or Devonte smith any team in the league if they if they lose that guy they don't have like a pro bowl or waiting in the wings, but the Eagles didn't draft someone there. Um, they, uh, they don't have that, that clear outside guy. I think Quez Watkins will probably spend more time on the outside this year. You heard Sirianni talking up Quez Watkins during camp, but I, I, I am interested to watch and the, the exercise that we did in our last pod where we drafted the teams and I got, I got brutalized uh, was part of the lesson there is they don't have that that depth at, at, at wide receiver. And that A.J. Brown or, or Devontae Smith, if they go down, that affects the offense. And I've been asked, like, what would make Jalen Hurts have a down year this year or, or not as good a year as, as last year? I don't think there's anything from – like, I don't think Jalen's all of a sudden going to regress as a quarterback. But if yeah, I mean, there's some have, minor, like, you know, it, yeah. you know, turnover reversion type yeah. things, but yeah. Yeah, but if he, if, if he doesn't have – AJ and Devontae, AJ or Devontae on the field, or if there's injuries on the offensive line, I think that would affect uh Jalen. It would it would affect any quarterback. So I want to see do 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 one of these undrafted guys become the camp crush for you, like uh, uh, Joseph Nada, let's say, right? Does Engada. Does and I, I apologize, Engada. It's spelled the same as Haloti Nada. Right, exactly. This is Engada. an important distinction. It's spelled yes. the same, but it's pronounced differently. Yes. Yes, I apologize for that. Engada, uh, Joseph Engada, um, if if he steps up, if um, you know, if, if Zacchaeus is is real good in the slot, that they start viewing Quez as like the outside, as the backup on the outside, um, or if if Covey takes a jump in the slot, right? There's there's different variables there, uh, and then a player you mentioned in your piece last week, Grant Calcaterra, uh, can he be that? number two pass catching tight end and have a role. He was coming, you know, he was banged up during camp last year, but early in camp, he came on, looked good. Yeah. I think, I think if you were like, um, you know, you, you did the piece today on revisiting the, the offseason plan. Like, I think if you had showed me what the roster was going to look like in training camp back in March, I think one of the biggest surprise to me, surprises to me would have been that they didn't do more at wide receiver. Um, Zacchaeus is a, a perfectly reasonable, good addition. And as you're saying, as you just said, like, you know, we're, we're talking about who's the fourth or fifth receiver. Maybe that's a little bit uh, too nitpicky, but I am surprised that they didn't at some point 
you know, draft a receiver in the sixth or seventh round, or um, even the guys who they signed and got and, and Jaden Hazelwood were not necessarily like you're, you're, you're thinking this guy could definitely contribute. So um, I'm a little bit surprised. And this is unlike linebacker where like, there's always going to be somebody who you could sign wide receiver is not like that. Um, unless you're, you're signing Jarvis Landry at this point, it's a pretty, uh, pretty weak market. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I've talked about it before. If they, you know, send like a seventh round pick or something for somebody like KJ Hamler or uh, D Eskridge, something like that, just to, to add some speed. I think they could use that. But um, I do think that, you know, who's going to who's going to pop at those skill positions is an interesting one. Yeah. And as as a follow up to that one of because you you mentioned the the draft and it's clear they they loved Sidney Brown. Right. Um, and, you know, Steen is is someone who fits an organizational priority and they obviously they really liked him as well. Uh, but because it's the same division, if Jalen Hyatt becomes. Like a game-breaking player for the Giants, or that that type of dynamic receiver for the Giants. The Eagles had two third-round picks, and they obviously value wide receiver more. I think that was my safety. shadow draft pick, right? I believe so. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. So Jalen Hyatt's someone who I mean, they're going to see twice a year for the next few years. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how how those careers look because the Eagles have have always felt you can find safeties later on in the draft whereas wide receivers they you know they they got quest Watkins in, in the sixth round but they haven't typically felt that way so mm-hmm. that'll be um, i'm curious to watch that uh i will go here to uh what i think is the deepest position on the team and a position where you can i think really judge and get good eyes in training camp um and that is cornerback and the race for roster spots here, I think, is as tightly contested as, as it is anywhere else. You know, it's hard to believe you're going to keep more than, than six corners. Um, and, you know, usually it's five. And you've got Darius Slay and James Bradbury and Avante Maddox, who are locks, right? Keely Ringo is going to be on the team. That's four. So now you're talking about one or two spots for Zach McPherson, uh, who is an interesting player to follow because you know, as we've talked about in the spring, they were giving him some reps inside. It'll be interesting to see if they can trust him as the backup slot. You've got Josh Job, who made the team last year and they carried and they like, uh, you've got a couple interesting undrafted rookies and Eli Ricks and Mario er, and uh, Makai Garner. You've got greedy Williams, obviously who they signed from Cleveland and is still young and has, has starting experience. Even, um, like Mario Goodrich, who was around last year, and uh, Tristan McCollum, who I think may be more of a, a safety for them at this point. I think that's uh, the 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 best down roster competition. Um, and like in comparison to wide receiver, where where you're sort of looking for who could be a fifth guy, it's like, oh man, how do we how do we figure out who not to keep here at this position? So I think that's going to be a fun one. Well said, and that's also too where you know as as I was spending time thinking about the roster this summer is if you get Avante Maddox some just some insurance work at safety, right? Uh, they're deeper at corner than they are at, at safety. You would rather carry you, – you'd rather go deeper at corner when you set your 53, mm-hmm. lighter at – You mentioned Josiah at, Scott, by the way. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and lighter at safety. And then if something were to happen to whoever your starters are, you can bounce – Avante over in a pinch and then you feel more comfortable with with a McPherson in the slot than say like Kayvon Wallace as your backup safety mm-hmm. that's that's something to watch yeah well that was 10 Zach do you have one more you want to do just for for good measure I mean I I, I can go on for hours but uh we'll be talking about it quite a bit um during camp uh yeah so I know this is this is a an odd thing to say but injuries um because mm-hmm. You're never watching practice to see like injuries, and you, you never want to see someone get hurt. Um, the Eagles were really healthy last year. They had 22 of 22 starters healthy for the Super Bowl. And when we talked about things that might be different this year compared to last year, the schedule's one thing. Uh, you know, there there are statistical regressions to the mean that 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 could occur, but injury luck is something else. And there are notable players that have these non-contact injuries during camp sometimes, you know, and I, I happened in Philly with Jeremy Mack happened a few years ago with the jets with, with Carl Lawson. Uh, 
you 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 never know what could happen in the in, in that regard. So you want to see them get healthy. Nick Sirianni does everything he can in terms of the scheduling of camp, and a big deal was made last year about you know when I say a, a, a big deal was was made. I don't want to inflate the importance of talk radio, right? But uh, they how short the practices were and the amount of you know days off they had for for walkthroughs that was done deliberately uh, to to get them healthy for the season and they had a healthy season. But as Jason Kelsey's pointed out and as we've pointed out on on, on this pod, there's a difference between avoiding a soft tissue injury and just having that major you you tear your knee or you break a bone something like that. Uh, and you you want to make sure that the Eagles can get through the month of August healthy and, and, and get to the season. Yeah. I mean, I think um, this is like a, a, both things can be true where yeah. it, it seems like you can trust that the Eagles are um, at this point doing as good of a job as they can to try to uh, limit injuries as, as much as is possible for them to do. And also like, it seems like they are definitely due for some regression here because uh, not just how healthy they were last year, but like individual players who have been unhealthy um, were, were more healthy than usual. Even AJ Brown, like um, there are like, there is, there is, I think internally probably an expect uh, an expectation and it's, it's not a fun thing to say, but it's like, all right, where are these injuries going to come from? Um, And you just sort of cross your fingers and hope it's not, you know, one of the six most important players. Sure. Yeah. Um, my last one, I got, I got two here. I'll, I'll go. Um, the, the one position where I also, uh, one other position where I think they may be looking to make some kind of addition uh, is backup left tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now it's, it's as our game showed. Yes. Right. You know, it's Roderick Johnson uh, based on the spring, maybe Jack Driscoll can flip over there. Um, but that is not a position where the Eagles are traditionally willing to leave that up to chance. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if that's an area where we see a, a signing from somebody off the street or even a potential trade at some point. Um, so following that. And then the, the last thing is uh, in terms of roster spot competition, uh, the number three quarterback job. Let's see what Tanner McKee and Ian Book have um, as they try to win that job. Uh, I, I, you know, I would, I would guess if I was putting turkeys, I'd put it at like, 65% for Tanner McKee because they used a uh, draft pick on him, but they liked the in book enough to keep him around and, and he would have theoretically the uh, incumbent advantage. So we'll see how that goes. Agree there. And while we're talking about actual roster competitions, uh, if Jimmy Kemsky is listening at this point in the draft uh, or at this point in the pod, the, the, the punter situation, um, ah, because I'm a punter. Yeah. yeah. Because Howie Come Roseman, on. How uh, Howie Roseman is very precious about his 90-man roster spots, and he very seldom uses a second spot on a specialist. Uh, and the fact that they have another punter in camp, Ty Zentner, goes to show you that that they want to have an in-earnest competition here between Sipas and Zetner. So I don't know how much we can ascertain from those training camp practices. That probably comes down more to preseason games unless – the punter so egregious one way or the other mm-hmm. in camp, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be curious to watch that. How are you splitting your turkeys on that competition heading into camp? Fifty-five for Sipos, forty-five for Zetner. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, I have a very minor but serious beef with Jimmy right now. He put on he put out his uh, you know well-researched ranking of Howie Roseman's uh, training camp trades the other day. He gave a draw to his best trade. Which which trade was that? One of the best trades in NFL history. He sent Bruce Hector to the Cardinals for Rudy Ford. Yes. Rudy Ford made the team, and then they got Bruce Hector Bruce back a week back. later. Yes, it was true. a free roll. Okay, <laughs> I remember that was the he 2000, played him. That was the 2019 season. Yeah, correct? yeah. That was like All a right. magic trick. That's a good one. Um, have have you had the chance to watch quarterback? I have not. That hasn't Should made I? your absolutely, absolutely. First off, how much I mean, did you learn about Marcus Mariota? I, I was I was going to ask you how you felt about about Mariota. I I liked Mariota in it. I, I thought he was. I thought he came off like the most normal of all of them. If the, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, that would have been my guess. I mean, you got one who's like very much not normal, and you got a guy who's like so good. How could he possibly be normal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, no, I I I enjoyed it. I like. I'm a sucker for anything behind the scenes, right? You know, I I've I've always heard uh, like, oh, it would be brutal to have hard knocks for your team. I think that'd be great. You can learn so much more, right? The the more information, the better. So I I enjoyed it and. I hope uh, Peyton Manning keeps doing it because mm. anything behind the scenes, I enjoy. Okay. Maybe we can get a uh, Omaha Productions behind the scenes of the Berman household. <laughs> I don't think anyone would watch that. Have, I mean, that's, you... that's definitely not true. There's at least like a thousand people who would watch it. Have you consumed any good programming? This uh, I, I take it you're a bear guy. The bear. Um, How striking is that? I I was in the first season. What we have not gotten to season two yet. Well, that, okay. that's the next thing that we will work our way I, through. I keep hearing it. I haven't watched it yet. So, mm. uh, but I it it uh, like to me it hits a lot of categories you would like. What does that mean? Well, you like cooking shows. I take it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You like I like like, food. Uh, I like restaurants. Yeah. No, but I I also feel that's a show that. I'm trying, to but you haven't watched it, so how do you know? No, based on the what, like the based on the dialogue surrounding it, I feel as if that's a show that true fans of like art, you know, yeah, as as oh, uh, you're, you're, you're television you're as art on a, pe- on a pedestal here, yeah, like like television as art, you know, not not the main. Not the mainstream sense, but like there's, there's really. I'm not a Big Bang Theory guy, is what you're saying. Sure, yes, I think that would be right up your alley there. Uh, I I've been watching with Emily. uh, It's only a few episodes so far. Hijack on Apple TV. I'm into that. I'm curious to see where that goes. Which one is that? Um, It's with Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yeah. Either. I know a Stringer Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stringer Bell. I, I, I don't mean to, um, I don't mean to minimize him there. But what a good-looking man! I mean, it's a good show. It's a good program. I'm enjoying that. Okay. And that's uh, that's the extent. Otherwise, I'm glad I think, you've been able to make time I, for that while in the middle of writing a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's well. It's it's once a week. It's been there's been four episodes thus far. Oh, uh, so, okay. You can't. It's it's uh, Apple yeah, TV. They do, yeah, they do the roll exactly. So so that's that's been once a week. Yeah, mm. uh, I I do want to see Oppenheimer. Um, I I'm kind of waiting for that to come out. Yeah, I'm a I little bit. Uh, I'm a. I was looking forward to Barbie. I'm a little bit jaded by this idea that that's it's not it's not like a one off. This is like the beginning of their. They want to like create their own like Marvel universe and it's all just very commercial. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit anti Barbie at the moment, although the movie does look good. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Any thoughts on any thoughts on, on Messi coming to the, to the MLS? Not particularly. Okay. But I'll tell you what, boy, do I love watching Carlos Alcaraz play. That's tennis. That's correct. It's like, it's like, um, the way that he moves, the shots that he hits, it's like the 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 peak of athleticism. Like nobody moves the way it, it's it's unbelievable. Like this uh, this like uh, dream state of like the perfect youthful body. The way he moves, it's unbelievable. I'll take your word for it. I I, I didn't watch that. Um... I, I actually didn't read many stories on on, on that either. Okay. Are you going to the Premier League games this this weekend? In I actually, I'm going to go to the game on Saturday. Chelsea, Brighton, Brighton. Okay, is that who they're playing? Is it Chelsea versus Brighton? Yeah. Okay. My guys, go Seagulls. There you go. All right. Uh, anything else, Zach? Training camp begins a week from today. Well, they report a week from yesterday. I believe the first practice is going to be a week from today. Uh, play, we will be yeah. back with daily pods. We don't know who our producer is yet, yeah. um, but we will We will be back in a week. Uh, Nick Sirianni is going to be at uh, at the Washington and, and, uh, and, and Jefferson football camp tomorrow um, out in Western PA mm. where 
I think it's actually the Mike Sirianni football camp, but Nick Sirianni will be there and a lot going on uh, with the Eagles excited for excited for next week. And most of all, as we started the show, congratulations to the Duns. Congratulations to the Duns thrilled for Marissa. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, we miss her. Happy to have Kent here, but we miss Marissa and wishing her the best and hope, uh, Hope she listens to all of these. All right. Well, I hope she's got better things to do than listening to every single episode. But maybe, maybe we episode. can keep them shorter for her benefit. Eh, don't get carried away. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. Thank you to Kent. Thank you to all the sickos. For all of us here. For Zach and Madison. I'm Bo. We thank you for listening. We will talk to you next Wednesday as training camp begins. And as always, we love you. Birds with friends. Birds with friends.